And if you're in the space, please stand for our opening hymn. If you're not in the space, stand anyway. <laughs> stand at home, you can stand here, you can stand all over the place. This is a very simple hymn, Bless the Lord with me, would you sing it with the gospel choir as we get ready. So all those young and young at heart, join us if you will. How are you? Good. Come on and have a seat. Let's talk a minute. Because I see some of our others. And that's all right. I'll talk to everybody right from here. Happy, happy Mother's Day to those who are mothering, parenting, nurturing, loving, and giving and comforting, happy Mother's Day in how mothering comes in so many different forms and in so many different ways. We want to acknowledge again AAPI Month, Asian, American, Pacific Islanders, but 
there's a photo that I have that I want all of you to see, and I want you to tell me what you think. See that photo? That's a photo from my childhood. Some other people may recognize that. What do you see when you look at that photo? What do you see? I see somebody holding a water bottle. That is a Coca-Cola bottle. I love it. I do it. Hello. What else uh, do you see? I think is I think everyone is holding the bottle in their hands. Mm -hmm. What else? Anybody else? Yes. I see people standing together. Exactly. And that's my message for the message for all ages today. How are we being together? How do we think about not just holding a bottle or sharing a beverage or a drink, but can somebody tell me how are different ways that we can be together? Community. Say that again. Community. What do you mean by community? That's a good one. That's always a good one. Give, give love for that. Tell us a little bit more. Um, community, since community is like together, it's like a good word when people are standing together. Exactly. So now we're going to look at, come on, from the mouths of our youths. And let's look at the second picture now. Now what do you see? Wow. Okay. I see people sit, singing, I think. Exactly. Choir just finished singing, bless the Lord with me. We're looking at people coming together. Another word for community might be harmony. Now, some people who are still young at heart may remember the Coca-Cola song. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect what? Harmony. You got it. That's the message today. Ooh, I love it. Thank you for remembering with me. I'm going to be very nice about that, remembering with us. Perfect harmony. That's community. That's us. So as we move out into the world this week, how are we community? What are the things that we do? Anybody have an idea about that? Stand up for people who aren't getting treated nicely. Ooh, come on now. Stand up for people who aren't being treated nicely. So as we wind up this message for all ages, is there enough of a message you have about community or harmony? Because that's our focus today. Anybody else? Miss Elise, you have anything to say? Well, I just think it's really important for all of us to be kind to each other right now. Let's be kind. Let's tell people that we love them, that we care for them. Let's make sure if they're thirsty, we give them water. If they're hungry, that they have food. If they're lonely, that we keep them company. So now, can we sing See a Humba? Let's go.
Amen. I remember that Coke commercial. I do. We were just giggling because you said water bottle and it was a Coke commercial. There wasn't anything major. Okay, it's fine. You're fine. Mama's got it. <laughs> okay, um, that time again to talk about the ways in which middle is rising. Um, one, if you can see here, you know, I love a slide because um, it tells you all the things that I'm probably going to bungle. So um, May 10th, on Tuesday, May 10th at 7 p.m., Books for a Better World. And you can hear about the authors, um, talk about their books. It's a gathering of multi-faith leaders and authors brought together for the first time by Auburn Seminary, uh, Middle Collegiate Church, and Faith in Public Life in partnership with the Strand Books. Um, we'll be giving away signed books from each author throughout the event and parents. There's a kids section too. Um, find out more information and register on the website shown on the screen there. What else we got? Oh, if you are um, joining Middle, which we hope you all have, and if you haven't, please join us. There's a new members gathering coming up this uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. That's where you'll get to learn more information about how to like kind of really get into the community. Um, so I think Reverend Ben will be holding that one and you can join him online. Just go to that link on the website as well. And um, most of you heard this already, but we are now officially rebuilding. So if you are as excited as we are. Um, if you're excited as we are, um, you will want to make sure that you are coming to this congregational meeting. We're going to have one online at 10 a.m. and we'll have one in person here in the physical space. Um, so if you come to worship and you're like, I'm not going to be able to go to a 10 o'clock meeting and then also make it here, never fear. You can just stay through, okay? Or if you're not in the physical space, just come at 10. Or figure out your own lives. We <laughs> believe that you're able to, to do that. Okay. Thank you. Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning. Ah, please join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for gathering us here in this space. God, sometimes it's hard to find the words. To pray even in our silence and the lack of words. God, we know you are here. Sorry. God, we give you thanks for this morning. As we celebrate moms and those who fill the roles of moms, we are grateful for them. In the second week of API Heritage Month, we give thanks for how the API community has united and stepped up during the continued xenophobia and anti-Asian violence. For the young people we, who have come together to help keep the community safe, God, we give thanks. We remember those who came before us, and we give thanks for them and for their work. We ask God for the API community that there would be an end to the senseless violence that has been forced We've been forced to endure since 2019. The world, God, is a messy place, and we need your help. 
Hear our prayers, O Lord. In Christ's name, amen. amen. My friends, please join me if you stand if you're able. As we recite the prayer that Jesus taught, there is an Ezra version written in the bulletin, or however um, you know it. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And we shall not have the temptation, but deliver us from evil. For our is the great name, and the power, and the glory And now, friends, let us extend the passing of the peace, a peace that passes all understanding. The peace of God be with you.
Good morning, middle family. Happy Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Happy Mother's Day. So grateful to be with you. I'm here in Pasadena, California, the original home of the Tongva, Keech, and Gabrielino peoples. I wish I could be with you there in New York City, and I am grateful that we are together virtually. Our scripture reading comes from the Acts of the Apostles. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there in Lydda sent two men to him with the request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. More than anyone else, the person who has most clearly shown me the light of Christ was my stepmother, Diane Keiko Tanaka which is an odd thing to say since my stepmother was Buddhist. My father always said she was a true Buddhist. She and my father got married several years after my parents' divorce and were together for over 20 years until her death in 2011. I didn't know my stepmother well. She and I were together face to face maybe 10 times, not many. She was very kind, gentle, and friendly, but not too friendly. The last time I saw her was at lunch, my father and her, and my sister and brother-in-law and niece and me, at a Korean barbecue restaurant in Honolulu. My Japanese-American father loved Korean food, especially all-you-can-eat barbecue. He was a big man. Diane had just finished a second round of chemotherapy. She had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And at the time of the diagnosis, she had been told she had only a few months to live. Yet there she was over two years after that diagnosis at the restaurant, smiling and laughing and chit-chatting as if we were old friends. In that moment at the restaurant, I felt 
her selflessness. Does that make sense? I felt her selflessness. There she was, most likely near the end of her life, asking us about our lives. She asked me whether I was taking any trips anytime soon and whether I enjoyed visiting Paris because I had taken French in high school. I knew so little about her and yet she knew that over 20 years ago I took French in high school. I had never experienced such sincere kindness. She wasn't trying to prove how well she knew me. She was simply truly interested in me. In her presence, I felt the light. I believe in that moment she revealed to me the light of Christ. She, a true Buddhist. I've been studying Buddhism. A little over a year ago, I picked up a little book by Thich Nhat Hanh, the late Vietnamese Buddhist monk. The book is called Beyond the Self. It's a short book, about 50 pages, and I feel I could continue reading it and learning from it for the rest of my life. You know those kinds of books? In it, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about selflessness. He writes, At the center of all wrong perceptions is our idea about self. We think there's something called a self. There's a me and a mine. We have the idea that I exist and that there are things that belong to me that are mine. But who is this self? Does the flower have a soul, a self within it? Does it need a self in order to be born, to open and to fade? Does it need an I in order to exist? For there be, to be rain, there does not have to be an I. Rain happens. You don't have to ask who is falling. When we hold on to wrong perceptions about self, then we allow our ego, our self-centeredness, our self-pride to get in the way. When our ego gets in the way, then we mistakenly think we are a self separate from the world instead of as we truly are, closely connected to the world, as deeply connected to the world as the flower is to the soil and sun and rain. When we see ourselves as separate and not connected, then we help add to the suffering in the world. For suffering occurs when we stop seeing that we are all connected. Amen? Self-centeredness leads to suffering. Selflessness leads to peace. Selflessness leads to peace. Christian teachings also talk about selflessness, as you know. In Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples, those who lose their life for my sake 
will find it. We might say, those who give up their life, those who let go of their ego, their self-centeredness, for the sake of Christ, will find life, will find peace. From the prayer attributed to St. Francis, for it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. We might say, for it is in dying to ourselves, in letting go of our self-pride, our self-centeredness, that we are reborn into a world free of suffering, a world full of peace. We might say, selflessness is a death of ego, followed by a new life of peace. Selflessness is a death of self-centeredness, followed by a new life of peace. Today's reading from Acts is about death and new life. It is a story about Tabitha. In Aramaic, Tabitha means gazelle. Do you know what a gazelle is? It's like a deer or a small antelope. We can imagine Tabitha with long limbs like a gazelle, always moving, always pushing herself to keep up her graceful, lean body. The reading tells us that Tabitha made tunics and other clothing. We can imagine her making garments, overseeing every little detail to create flawless, beautiful tunics. When Peter shows up, the body of Tabitha is lifeless. It has been washed and laid out. Her friends, weeping, greet Peter and show him the body. Look! such long limbs, so fit, so firm. But the friends know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha was more than her graceful, lean body, and that all the washing and anointing will not bring her back. The friends hold up the tunics for Peter. Look, such perfection, such attention to detail. But they know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha was more than her work, and that clinging to a bunch of beautiful tunics will not bring her back. Peter kneels and prays, and then he says, get up. And Tabitha opens her eyes. She sits up, and then with help from Peter, she gets up. Her friends rejoice. They know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha is Tabitha not because of her body, not because of her work, but because of her spirit, her energy, her light. Of course, we don't need to imagine that Tabitha's attention to herself, to her body, and to her work was self-centered in an unhealthy way. That most likely would not be true. As the reading tells us, Tabitha was devoted to good works and acts of charity. But we can use our little imagined scene to remind ourselves what it means to be truly selfless. 
When we are truly selfless, we let go of all our ideas about self. I am not my body. I am not my work, and so on. For me, the journey toward selflessness has meant reminding myself I am not my professions. I'm a certified public accountant. So much of my understanding of who I am is attached to my being a CPA, and yet I haven't worked as an accountant in many years. I'm also an ordained minister. So much of my understanding of who I am is attached on a deep spiritual level that involves my understanding of my relationship with God. So much of my understanding of who I am as a minister is attached to my being a minister. And yet I haven't worked as a minister in several years. At first, not finding work as an accountant or minister was very hard. I was angry. I was depressed. I felt completely lost. And then thanks to Thich Nhat Hanh's little book, I realized my ego was getting in the way of seeing who I truly am. I let go of my attachment to being an accountant. I'm still a CPA, but I let go of the idea that my being an accountant defines who I am. I let go of my attachment to being a minister. I am still an ordained minister, but I let go of the idea of my being, that my being a minister defines who I am and defines my relationship with God. I stopped clinging to those tunics. When I gave myself permission to let go, I was led to a greater and deeper understanding of who I am, closely connected to the world. I am the flower connected to the soil and sun and rain. When we allow our ego to die, we are led to new life. We are led to the light and we see with full awareness that we are connected to the light and we are the light. I don't know much about my stepmother, Diane Keiko Tanaka. For most of her life, she was a single woman living with her parents until she married my father. She worked as an accountant at a travel agency. She loved to travel. She was an active member of her Buddhist temple. She was not a political activist. She was not an artist or writer. She was not a professor or a founder of a nonprofit organization. Simply, she was a true Buddhist. And she was the light.
Hello, I'm Jocelyn Liu, and I've been coming to Middle Church for 22 years, ever since my daughter Grace was an infant. On this Mother's Day in AAPIDA month, I invite you to join the fierce love movement known as Middle Church. In extending this invitation, I have to acknowledge that like the weeping women in the scripture reading today, I am in mourning, still mourning my mother who died a week after Mother's Day in 2020. And I'm saddened that I can't be with my Gracie who's now recovering from COVID-19. I'm also like so many of us, deeply grieving the likely demise of Roe v. Wade and the stripping away of yet another constitutionally framed right, the right to an abortion, a right that once gone will disproportionately affect black and brown and indigenous and economically poor women and families. Abortion is a right that I myself exercised in 1998 in the second trimester of my first pregnancy when the child that my husband and I had longed for was diagnosed in utero with Down syndrome. My abortion was and is the most single agonizing decision of my life, and it remains a parental decision that I don't regret. I can't imagine what our lives would have been like if I'd been denied the right to make it. What does this story about this emotionally fraught Mother's Day have to do with joining the movement? Everything. Middle Church has been a true spiritual home for so long because it embraces all of who we are, just as we are, as we walk through the actual or virtual door. Our pastors, care staff, and deacons comfort us when we weep and help us when we need a hand. For we who love justice, Middle's womanist intersectional theology, thanks to Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, is the fertile loam that transforms our tears into power. It helps us to understand, as Reverend Amanda Hambrick Ashcraft recently preached, that we can't be anti-choice and profess to be Christians who believe that God and Jesus lean toward justice. It helps us to understand the routine state murders of black people and the latest wave of horrific violence against our AAPIDA communities for what they are, sins against God. And middle wakes us up to knowing the transformative love we can bring into the world when we come together and bring it on. To join us or just to hear from us at Middle, visit middlechurch.org backslash join. To give, visit middlechurch.org backslash donate or use the QR code on the screen or in your bulletin or coming around the sanctuary now to donate via Venmo. Come join this movement. You are welcome here.
God on this on this Sunday, a Sunday that holds lots of meanings and fillings for all of us for various reasons as we come into this place today. We just want to give you thanks for the gift of this place. We give you thanks for the gifts of the people who fill it, who have filled it with their gifts, their time, their talents, and their treasures. Bless these things that they might be fruitful and multiply for the goodness of your movement of spirit and justice in the world. In your holy, gracious, loving name we pray. Amen. Okay, my friends, if you would stand as you are able, and we're going to close with the right hand of God. And you'll see the first couple of words are in Spanish, la mano de Dios, and then you're all in English the rest of the time. Just a nod to Cinco de Mayo. And here's a little bit how it goes. Here we go, choir. Onliners, how you doing? My people on the floor, how you doing? All right, let's lift it up for verse number three. As we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander culture in this nation and in this world, and as we think about the theological message of today's worship, I'm wanting us to remember that each of us, 
all of us, like Peter, have the power to speak life where there is deadness, to call up and call out a new way to be in the world, to say, get up and let's rise up out of bias and prejudice and violence and preconceived notions and stereotypes about Asian folks. Let us celebrate the beautiful way that God created humankind in all of this rich diversity so that we each can see each other, know that we're inextricably connected, and that we know God better because we have this diversity. I'm calling us to love, friends, radically love all of the so-called others, because actually they are a part of us. So go in the world and be life givers, resurrectors, and hope makers, fierce lovers. Amen.